Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Oh, no so what? Oh, I'm Sam Delaney, so what? Fuck start yeah. again. No, no you, you, you fucked it. We'll start again then, alright, we'll start again. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow! I'm Sam Delaney, so ah, what? I'm finished. I was dropping my new catchphrase in there. You got a weird. What is it again? Start, What's your catchphrase? Start again. This is Top Flight Time right. Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow! <laughs> I'm sad, the lady. So what? There we are. Third time looking. Now, our respective catchphrases um, tell a lot. Tell a tell a very interesting story about both of us. You're pow, pow, pow. Right. You're all about attention. Look at me. <laughs> And I'm very kind of self-effacing. Nah. So, yeah, I'm Sam Delaney. No big deal. Nah, Don't make a big deal out of it. I'm just a humble human being. Mine is more about energy and uh, mm. and, and vigour, if you like. <laughs> pow, pow, pow. And it looked better on a T-shirt as well. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. I don't know. So what sort of sounds cool. I can imagine the indie kids wearing that at one wow. of their not, uh, disco nights. Well, put them both on soon. Yeah, so what? Not impressed. Give, give, I'll tell you what, give it a month for Mike to catch on, and then we'll put them out on T-shirts, and we'll see who sells the most. Because <laughs> either, either way, we're both winners. We've got a new T-shirt. Yeah, we will have a T-shirt <laughs> contest. We've got a um, new T-shirt in the pipeline, actually. Have we? I, I don't want to say too much about okay. it, but one of the cunters is involved, and <laughs> I think, put it this way, I'll be fucking buying a few for myself. <laughs> okay. I don't know about and this, but it sounds good. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's a design by one of the cunters. It's a design you've seen from quite a long time ago, okay. and then suddenly, off the back of the tour... Mm. I kind of thought, well, that seems to be a popular phrase or saying. All right. Why the fuck haven't we got a T-shirt done of it yet? <laughs> okay. So we'll do that. But going back to So What, it's, um, I bet this is a band that you don't like, The Strokes. They had, their debut album was called Is This It? Yeah. Right. And Oberon War, who I can highly recommend as an entertaining writer, his memoir was called Will This Do? <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Right. Yeah. So I feel So What follows in that kind of. Well, you it, know, it follows in the tradition canon, of Auburn canon War. Canon of work. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I do, yeah. The literary tradition of Auburn War, who, of course, Correct. was the, the son of Evelyn War. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was. And I think that this podcast comfortably sits beside any of the work by either of those authors certainly by Obramore mine I mean <clears throat> mine, mine is more in the uh, tradition of 1960s Batman so you know it is yeah and I think that you should set the bar higher speaking of that actually I've been thinking about getting uh, doing a little bit of the old poetry uh, reading I've never really read any poetry <laughs> in this podcast um, we're going to do no, once a week we're going to no. do a poetry episode yeah, fucking hell. Actually, <laughs> yeah, why not? That is what I'm going to do. 
And let me tell you, this isn't going to be clever. I'm not going to do the obvious gag of reading a fucking Pam Ayres poem or... I think we've done poems before, like schoolboy poems, like my friend Billy had a 10-foot willy, any of that stuff, <laughs> right? He showed it to the girl next door. Yeah. She she thought it was a snake and hit it with a rake, and now it's only five foot four. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Admittedly, that is hilarious. And not as hilarious as when Viz published an obituary for the author of that poem. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the funniest things ever. In fact, I, probably it's it's it, now I think about it. Almost everything we've ever done <laughs> is knowingly or unknowingly a rip off of something we once read in Viz when we were kids, right? <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of that. And uh, and now I've just realised that our history of the coins and stuff was very much based on on that uh, obituary that was written right. for the author of. My friend Billy had a 10-foot really? willy. Well, no, I'm actually going to read... I'm actually going to read out a poem by one of the real greats. Okay. Shelley, right? Who? Keats, Yates. Ten, not Shelley out of the TV programme <clears throat> from the you, 80s. Sorry, I thought you said Jelly. Oh, and by the way, Shelley, the TV <laughs> programme's well worth a deep dive. It's a fucking fantastic show. Can you remind me of what Shelley was actually about? Because it was one of those shows I remember being on, but I never could quite get... And I can picture it was, the fella's face. Yeah, it was... But I couldn't get to grips with what the point yeah, of it, it was. It was Howell Bennett, um, mm. and he was just a miserable cunt who was on the door. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> that is great. He was a miserable I mean, cunt. talk about different times. You'd never get that commission these days, <laughs> no, would you? Of course you would not. Unless it was a documentary. He yeah. was a, a mis- or it was <clears throat> like a, uh, something gritty about the plight yeah. of the <clears throat> the left behind. Yeah. yeah, he was a miserable cunt on the door who didn't want to have a job. It was right. fucking great. So what did he do with his day? Was it a bit like Curb Your Enthusiasm? Sort of, kind of, yeah. It was just kind of, he, he had like sort of friends and... And he had a girlfriend in the early series, and they just all just sit around and just um, he would just be more in the state of modern society, and he'd occasionally get put in situations he didn't want to be in. Yeah, it was good. I've okay. got I've got DVDs does, of loads how, of them. How does the theme tune go? Oh, the theme tune is the best. When um, I used to do the the late tackle on Talksport with James Brown, the Shelley yeah. theme tune was our outro music. Always at the end right, of okay. every week. And uh, I still have just really fond memories of it. Just from every time I hear it, just takes me back to doing that show. I'm going to play it now, and I'll drop it into the episode. Do you miss doing that show with James? Do you sometimes endure doing an episode with me and sort of think, oh, nah, I wish I, I was I, sat I, in Talk Sport nah, Towers with get, James nah, right nah, now? Because I go to London to do it. Do that, that's how you're making I'm me doing feel. This in my spare that, room. That, Again, you're not making me feel that much no, well, better. I'll look back in the future and I'll listen to the thing from Crown Court and I'll have the same feelings about that and doing these podcasts. Oh, uh, what, when you're doing your podcast with Susanna yeah. Reid? Yeah, because we'll have some different music. Um, yeah, what will you have then? Uh, probably the Fucking... theme from Screen Test, I reckon. <laughs> here's, here's, Rockford Files. Here's the theme from Shelley. Yes, I do remember. Immediately. Oh, God, it sounds fucking miserable, it's, doesn't it's it? It's so laconic. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's, it is. It, it does make me feel a bit sad, though, Andy, although I acknowledge it's a good tune. Oh, I there think this go. is by Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Sebastian Hi. have based their entire career on the Shelley theme tune. Yeah. Hi, this is uh, yeah, this is Steve Lamac, and uh, live in session on Six Music this afternoon. I'm delighted to say we're joined by Bell and Sebastian with their new song Shelley. Lads, uh, so uh, tell us about uh, you know like uh, what 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 inspired this song, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I was on the dole before I formed the band. And uh, I picked up a DVD of, of the Series 3 of Shelley in the Oxfam shop for a pound. And uh, I, I loved the theme tune, so I just thought, I'll go form a band and just do that theme tune again and again and again and again. And, you know, it's it's paid off. Here I am today. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a... G- it's a great, uh, great, 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 uh, great, great idea for a song, I suppose. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. My daughter recently, when I was in London with my daughter, we were in in FOP record shop, mm-hmm. and she saw a Bell and Sebastian record. I went, oh, Bell and Sebastian, and um, I just went, oh, you don't know them, are you? And she went, <laughs> she went, look, I've told you before, <laughs> stop doing this, stop criticizing my tastes and things. Like, oh, <laughs> okay, now. So this is um, this is the thing. Now you're not allowed to criticise your kids' tastes and things and life choices Could and stuff them. like that. You're not allowed to trigger, trigger them. them. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was a, I, I was about to tell her that I had the first two Bell and Sebastian CD singles, and I think I still got them somewhere. I was going to be yeah, quick. Really, uh, yeah, yeah. I was into yeah. their early stuff. Yeah, I was into them before but, uh, you were born, actually. Before yeah. they before they sold out. <laughs> I was into them when they did the theme tune to Shelley. <laughs> on every single one of the fucking songs. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, my my daughter gets annoyed if, like, we'll, eight o'clock to nine o'clock is the hour in which the boy's gone to bed, <laughs> but the girl's still awake, and we will watch a, um, usually a US sitcom together. Nice. And over the last however many months, fucking ages, We've been working our way from beginning to end through the US office. Oh, and it's a good show, right? But like most sitcoms that go on for a long time, the quality starts to... I mean, they all follow the same pattern. Mm. The quality goes up for... It, it starts at one level, then it goes up in the middle, and then towards the end, it goes back down again. Yeah. So if it were a graph, it would be the shape of an N, a lowercase n. Okay, yeah. Good and and uh, so obviously we're now in the late episodes when what's his name's left the Michael Scott character you know yeah yeah Steve Carell yeah it? Steve Carell's left and it's not just because he left because the other actors and characters are very good but I just feel with these shows the writing becomes lazier right. do you know what I mean yeah. it becomes like a production line doesn't it mm. it's like with the simpsons being probably the best example of any of, uh, of this phenomena yeah. i'll say it, this you though you know what I'll, I'll say this the simpsons gets a load of shit these days and probably rightly so because it's not what it was but if you watch a new episode you'll still laugh four or five times in it maybe it's yeah still, but there is some it's just they set their, they set their standards they set their bar so high in the first 10 series that it's so upsetting know. because what you re- hear sometimes on the simpsons is you get you think either something's really lazy. Oh fuck! I've just pulled the nose off a fucking figurine of Mario. <laughs> I think it's fixable, mate. Live Mario mutilation on this podcast. Look, I'm going to show you this. I mean, this will mean nothing to the listeners, but frankly, fuck them. I, I do this for you, Andy. Okay, Look. let me see. Look at this cunt, right? Yeah, that's a ma- see that's his like nose a now? cock for a nose. That 
it's off. It's gone. Luckily, it seems to Does fit just quite back smoothly in? back. Yeah. The moustache holds it on. A dab of glue anyway, will be fine. It's either lazy, right, or it's um, or it's like someone, some kid who wasn't born when The Simpsons started is now working on the show uh, and he's yeah. do, doing jokes that are bad, like sort of a bad pastiche yeah. of good Simpsons jokes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like they've watched a load of Simpsons episodes that were written by, you know, fucking Conan O'Brien or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're like, all oh, right, I, I'm going to do one just like that because he's my hero. So but like they just do a Sim- shit version. Simpsons cover versions almost now. Bad Simpsons cover versions. Yeah. So that's what upsets me about that. But anyway, you're watching The Office and I will occasionally tut at an incident like that. It's, I'll laugh, mm. but then if I tut... Like that, because right. they've done a, a crass joke or a lazy joke or you're, a joke that I just you're, think you're, is... You're critiquing um, it from your position as um, Britain's top journalist and also someone who's written a lot of comedy over the years. I've written a lot of comedy. Yeah. I am a noted critic, mm-hmm. right? You used to do um, the papers on Sky News, so, you know, you, your critiquing skills are well honed. Mate, do you know something? I was reminded of this yesterday in conversation with my brother. I used to do the singles reviews in the NMA. Right. I used to review singles. Yeah. What? When yeah. was this? When it was a glossy magazine. I wrote for the NME in the early noughties. Well, I wrote for the NME from 1995, so I wrote for the NME before you did. So. Well, you probably would have written for it when it was better than when I wrote for it, to be honest. <laughs> I only wrote in I the wrote, thrills page, though. I only wrote fucking made-up shit. I wrote... I used to write... Um, I used to write... I mean, my main job for a period in the early 90s was just writing about music i wrote simultaneously for the guide the enemy and q magazine about music wow and 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 in the singles reviews in the enemy once every few weeks you'd have a picture byline this week with sam delaney mm-hmm. and i'd just write a load of but the thing was to be honest in the early noughties i probably liked beyonce yeah and you know yeah. other so- basically the music of Pharrell Williams and anything yeah. that he was producing good, yeah. but um in the NME I often had to the NME sent me to New York for the cover story to interview Scissor Sisters <laughs> I went to fucking New York and just hung around with the Scissor Sisters for a few days I did I would have just and then I if wrote, I'd offered that now I would have just said ah oh, you're all right no thanks <laughs> Well, I really, I've got to admit, I really liked them. Like, they, I hadn't pursued it. They rang me up and said, do you want to go to New York to interview Sis Sisters? I was like, fucking yeah. I'd, I, they were, because they'd been on the radio and they just sounded like sort of camp disco music, which is one of my favourite genres of music. So I was like, fuck yeah. And the record company sent me a, um, not joking, right? This sounds like payola, but I didn't realise it was that at the time. The record company sent me over airplane tickets before you had an e-ticket and they said give us your home address and i was living in a flat i said send, send, come uh, send tickets here and do you know what they sent in with the tickets what a fucking envelope with some cash in it what? with us dollars <laughs> yeah 100 us dollars nice one i said what i said uh, i said what's this they said i bet spending money for when you're there expenses nice glory but, days of I journalism mean, 
Yeah, but actually, look back now, it sounds a bit corrupt, doesn't it? But anyway, I wrote a nice interview with them because I liked them anyway. Oh, yeah. Sam Delaney's single of the week in the enemy this week. It's uh, Cotton (laughs) World Tuesday by Bell and Sebastian. Sounds a lot like the Shelley theme tune, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it, eh, guys? (laughs) (laughs) I've got to admit, I must admit, I didn't... I, I liked... I'm, basically, I used to write about music in the Guardian Guide, and as a result, the NME started commissioning me to write back. But the thing was, he'll do in the Guardian. In the Guardian Guide, I could just get away with doing jokes, yeah. right? But in the NME, you felt it, it. I felt as if it was incumbent uh, upon me to know a bit more about music, or at least have the capacity to pretend I knew more about mm. music, which I didn't. Um, so you know, I had a few laughs, but I was never going to be the next. What you call it, Nick Kent no. or Charles Shaw Murray? Can <laughs> you imagine? Couldn't handle. Yeah. I couldn't stand the heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting back though to um, camp disco music, which you were talking about, which I also massively love. Uh, I was at a uh, Mouth Market a few weeks ago, and I picked up some vinyl. And one of the things was a promo of a compilation mm. album that came out. This was on the the album only came out on CD, I think, but this was a promo vinyl, triple vinyl, and it was Dale Winton's Disco Divas. Now, that might sound crass and that might sound trite to you, but listen to this track list. This is disc one. Chic, Everybody Dance. Stacey Lattershaw, Jump to the Beat. Maxine Nightingale, Right Back Where We Started From. Weather Girls, It's Raining Men. Shaka Khan, I'm Every Woman. Gloria Gaynor, Never Can Say Goodbye. Pointless Sisters, I'm So Excited. The Emotions, Best of My Love. Gwen Guthrie, Nothing Going On But The Rent. Donna Summer, Bad Girls. Yvonne Element, If I Can't Have You, I Could Go On And On. The quality level is that high all the way through it. I would say you've just named... Yeah, I mean, half of those songs would be in my top 50 singles of all time. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, and that is an outstanding track list. It's on Amazon, £4.62, double CD. I've just had a look. And um, it's not on Spotify because I wanted to play it when I was on holiday last month. But yeah, but you could easily assemble that playlist yeah, Someone's Spotify already done it. Yourself. Someone's made a playlist. There you so go. So it's on there as well. It's so good. Jalapeño. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. Right, what should we talk about now? Well, I don't know where that leaves us all. I think today's episode is supposed to be the mailbag dive. Yeah, we're going to do some letters and stuff. I've just had a one that came in 
earlier today. Do you want to hear this? This yeah. is it's a, a double header, a distant dad, and a cunning dad on a roof. And it's from oh, yeah. Phoebe Thompson. Uh, she says, This is hi guys, long time listener, first time emailer. This is my Dr. This and That story. Dr. This and That. Uh, this story takes place on English soil. <clears throat> when he was about 12, my brother was taken to the doctors because he had a stabbing pain in his lung area. After a brief look up and down at this boy in agony, the German doctor announced, if he has pain and it is hard to breathe, there's no mm. problem. If he falls down and cannot breathe, then we have a problem. <laughs> the, the doctor then sent my bewildered dad and brother on their way go you must go now um, and she says the next day my mum took him to A&E where he was diagnosed with a punctured lung great <laughs> Quality and stuff. funny enough Germany is the least that country in the world you'd think so. so it just goes to show you can have a dissident attitude anywhere it doesn't just have to be yeah. the Mediterranean or the Latin countries and Phoebe says part two I also have a dad on a roof story this is really good I was in the garden with my mum recently when my dad marched out and handed us a clothing mm. catalogue he'd marked up with some dresses he might buy us <laughs> this in itself <laughs> is very curious <laughs> Yes. So he's come out, he's given him a clothing catalogue. Here you are, girls. Here's some dresses I might buy you. Have a look. Uh, I've picked some out. Have a Not butchers. like, look through this catalogue and pick what ones you like. Yeah. I've been through it. I've been through <laughs> it. And uh, I've picked out the ones that I think would yeah. suit your best. I'm the best judge of this sort of thing, obviously. So he's handed yeah. them the clothing catalogue. Um, and then Phoebe says, we'd been browsing for a few minutes and dismissing his choices, obviously, when we heard a noise and looked up, startled to see him sprawled on the roof with a broom in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> My mum, of course, immediately sprawled. reminded him that he was banned from roof activities and shouted at him to come straight down. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got the catalogue. He's circled some dresses they might like as a diversion. And while they're looking, yeah. straight up on the roof. Yeah. He thought to himself, what's the best way to distract a Doris? I know. Dresses. 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 I fucking love them. Pictures of pretty dresses. Pictures of pretty dresses are like catnip to the average Doris. Once you get them looking at them, they'll be there for hours. You can get away whatever you want. I can get them on the roof with me broom and have a good shifty around. I know a geezer down the pub. Right, and he managed to have an affair. He brought other birds back to his marital bedroom and just distracted his wife from what was going on with pictures of lovely, pretty dresses. <laughs> Fantastic. Speaking of roofs, um, this mm. is tenuous, but it's um, a fan of the podcast and journalist Simon Price did a tweet this morning to say that it's Mark Boland Deer, apparently. I didn't oh, yeah. know there was a Mark Boland Deer, but it is, and, and quite right mm. as well. And he posted a video clip of Mark Boland in Sheffield in 1974, 75, I think it was, just after the yeah. heyday, but when he was still pretty big. And um, a radio journalist had gone to a pub to interview Mark Boland, and he'd said, uh, he'd done a shout out and said, you know, kids, come along and meet Mark Boland at this pub at lunchtime. So hundreds of kids had turned up, uh, obviously and had to flee from the scene so he ended up doing the interview with this guy on the flat roof of the pub nice <laughs> bit like a sort of a budget northern version of when the Beatles got on top exactly. of that building in exactly. Savile Row yeah so Borland's on this the footage shows you Borland on this roof 
uh, being interviewed with all these screaming kids down at ground level and then Boland flees the scene in a, a knackered old Ford Cortina. It's great. Lovely. I'll, I'll retweet I'll, that. I'll look it up. Well, you know I I live in, in, in my hometown here, here in Leafy Barnes, mm. is where he met his unfortunate end. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So the memorial for Mark Bolan, to be fair, is kept alive year round. I yeah. pass it most days. And it's actually now right beside where Gary Lineker lives. Oh. Do you think Lineker Gary moved Lineker's, there deliberately because of that or I think I think he might be a big T Rex fan. Yeah. And uh yeah, funnily enough, um Gary Lineker, I think, is uh, been listening to the old Top Flight Time Machine because you might have seen he was in the press last week. <laughs> Talking right. about how he can't be triggered very easily anymore. <laughs> yeah, so he's that, a man yeah. of a certain age. He says he, pre- he went. I don't. He, I, I don't like sex. I prefer flirting. Prefer, yeah, that was it. I thought it was a cuddle, but it wasn't. It was flirting, wasn't it? Good mate of mine is, re- is writing an article about that. Right, and he said, "I saw this thing that Lineker said about preferring flirting to sex." Right, and so I'm writing an article about it for the newspaper. I was wondering if I could speak to you about it as well, because I heard an episode of Top Flight Time Machine where you said something about not being triggered very easily. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you heard right. I don't know if I heard right. No, you heard right. <laughs> Try Give us a call immediately Bring on it this on. number. Yeah, <laughs> i got plenty to say on this subject. I'm with Lineker all the way on this, not for the first time. <laughs> We think very alike, me and Gary. <laughs> we live nearby. We should probably do a podcast together. Yeah. He likes he likes T-Rex. I like T-Rex. <laughs> He's not easily triggered. I'm not easily triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll go up there. I'll go up to the memorial later on. Yeah. And... Um, take a picture. Get a picture of yourself standing next to it with your thumb loft. And, you know... Yeah. Give us, give us that Paul McCartney style. Yeah, put it on the, uh, put it on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, and with any luck, I'll bump into Lineker while you I'm probably up there. Well, it'll be busy up there today as well. I think it's the anniversary of the death or something. There'll be I, a queue. I bump into him all the time around the area. I saw him in the fruit and veg shop the other day. Did you? Yeah, but I was. It was only me and him in there, and it's only a small place. Right. And I was, um, you know, having a bit of banter mm. with the fruit and veg man. Yeah. Sir John Veg, Sir John Fruit and Veg. Did you go all coy when Lineker came in? Nah, I ramped it up. If anything, yeah, yeah, hoping that he'd go. Hey, you're you seem like a pretty good fun guy. (laughs) Are you into Uh, T Rex? Are you into T Rex? Yes, I am. Are you local? Yeah, I live around just just around the corner. Let's become let's become firm friends. <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah, definitely, Gary Lineker. I've just um, <laughs> I've just launched a T Rex night down at the church hall every Wednesday, <laughs> seven till nine. Come along, bring your records. I'm looking for uh, someone to help me run it. <laughs> I'm looking for a wingman <laughs> for the T Rex night at the church. <laughs> Let's say I'm looking for uh, the my musical equivalent to Peter Beardsley. <laughs> Now, you'll remember how he was perfect, how he was just like you, uh, great at setting things up, thought yep. on the same wavelengths as me, but by comparison to me, was hideously unattractive. Uh, kept his, so I didn't feel threatened by him kept in that his mouth sense. shut most of the time as well, which was fantastic. <laughs> we dovetailed beautifully. 
honestly, in all honesty, hand on heart, not even joking, I think that I do really have spent a huge amount of time fantasizing about becoming friends with Gary Lineker. <laughs> right, he okay. would be it'd be like the ultimate best mate, yeah. wouldn't he? Would he? It'd yeah. be a real best mate upgrade for me. I mean, luckily my best mate would never listen to this podcast, which is one of the problems with him. Yeah. Which is why honest, you're one of the reasons I'm Really? It's one of the reasons I'm not satisfied with mm. his performance. He, he wouldn't listen to the podcast. If he did, he wouldn't get it. He'd just really? go, why, why, why are you saying all those things oh, about T-Rex? You've probably don't got get to wonder it, why right. you're actually friends then, really, I think. Yeah. Okay. Really think and so I'm thinking does he like T-Rex? I want an upgrade. Yeah, he, he probably oh, that's does. Right. Yeah. That's something, I suppose. I mean, if anything, yeah, his music tastes strong. That's one of the main ticks in his, in his favour. Okay is that he probably would know more about T-Rex than me. And um, so, so, but Lineker, yeah, I really, I mean, I encounter him quite regularly. And, and of course, I have met him, like, years ago. I, well, I've fucking gone on about it before because it was one of the best days of my life ever, was when I got to spend a day behind the scenes at Match of the Day. Mm. It was the day when Trevor Brooking bought me a fried egg. It, it was. It's, all, it's known yeah. now forever as the day Trevor Brooking bought you a fried egg. But I also spent a lot of quality time that day with Gary Lineker. Yeah. And the photographer, <laughs> this is quite funny, actually. The photographer, I can't remember his name, but he was a top bloke, really good photographer. And he set up a little, you know, we were at the BBC, the old BBC building, but he set up a little sort of pop-up studio there with a white kind of backdrop and all the rest of it to take a lovely shot that was used in the magazine of Lineker, Hanson and Brookin, because at the time they were the three staples of the show, right? Right. And and uh, and then I said, "Can I be in this shot as mm. well? Can I have one for myself?" And he went, "Yeah, of course." So I step in. He takes the picture of me, Lineker, um, Brookin, and Hanson. And, you know, it's just a little keepsake for me long before smartphones and yeah, us I having say, loads how, of... How did he get this to you? Did he get it developed and then send it in the post to you? Well, all, all the pictures used to be sent into the mag as um, transparencies. Right. Right. And then you would look at them all on a special light box. Oh, yeah, I've seen art. I've worked and, in magazines. And, I know what that's all yeah. about. And then you'd mark the ones you liked with a china graph. Yeah. Right, one of them special white waxy pencils. And then you'd send it off to the processor or some shit. I didn't yeah. know what happened after that. And uh, and amongst the transparencies were the, the ones one of, of me and the lads. Did you stay behind so and I... mock up a front cover of the magazine yourself with you on the front? Probably, and then get it yeah. sent off to the printers? I got um, three or four of these printed up. <laughs> and, my, quite re- and then my mum... At the time, it was such a big deal. I was quite young when this happened. Mm. She had it framed. Nowadays, there's a million and one picture of every cunt with famous people, right? But back then, quite rare. Big thing. Uh, my mum got it framed and hung it in the spare room, which in itself was quite weird. But recently, I mean, maybe just a year ago, mm. I reckon that I did that feature in about the year 1999, right? Only about a year ago, so probably 20 years later, my mum, for some reason, I don't know why, has hung this picture in her kitchen, right, <laughs> in quite a prominent position. And every Sunday, me and all my brothers and our families go round there and have Sunday lunch at my mum's every Sunday, which is in our old family home that we live in. 
and we all sit in the kitchen around the table and hanging right there in full view of the whole <coughs> table is a picture of me, Gary Lineker, Alan Hansen and Trevor Brookin. <laughs> Quite a large framed picture. Are there pictures of my siblings? No. No. Have your siblings there... met similarly important people? Probably, yeah. Well, they they all make adverts. They've probably well, met, met people like that, yeah. Um, probably there's photos is, in existence. Is, is this some kind of divide and conquer power play by your mum? It's it's eccentric. And <laughs> it's something. I don't, you know, listen, I... On the one hand, do I... I don't shy away from being the favourite or being the best in any situation. I, I enjoy yeah, that yeah, sensation. Yeah. But in this instance, it's such a weird power play that I almost feel uncomfortable about the picture mm. hanging there. You've but been I'm not going to take it down. But it is weird that we all sit in the family kitchen every Sunday <laughs> and there's a big picture of me and Gary Lineker. Imagine if I ever became friends with Gary Lineker. Mm. Took Didn't him mention this whole... Because I, I, I'm not going to be the sort of dope that's going to go up to Gary Lineker when we're in a fruit and veg shop and go, all right, Gary, remember me? <laughs> yeah, you remember. No, yeah, I'll give you a little clue. Yeah. I'll give you a little clue. 1999, <laughs> White City, BBC Studios, match of the day. You remember now? Sam! Yeah. But people do that. You see it being done to those people all the time, like they think you're going to remember. So I'm not going to do that. But so imagine if I I became friends with him, but I didn't mention that episode all those Mm. years ago. I was too cool to mention it. And then once we get, uh, once eventually he's good enough friends with me to come round maybe to Sunday lunch at my mum's. And he's like, this is weird. Why is there a picture of 24-year-old <laughs> you and me on the wall that you've never <clears throat> mentioned before? Oh, that old thing. I forgot about that picture. <laughs> How could you have forgotten about it? Your mum's got it hanging on her you kitchen wall, you mental cunt. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. We're no longer friends. I think your mum's playing a long game, though. I think at some point the picture's going to get changed for one with one of your brothers and a celebrity in, Could and be. she won't say anything about it. She won't say why. She's changed it. It'll just happen. And your time... To be honest, in the, I almost at, think she should. Your time at the top of the tree will be over. And you've just got to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think she should. Yeah. I think it would be a shot in the arm for them. Like, maybe yeah. Cass and, and someone. Because, you know... It'll be a wake-up call for you as well, because you've obviously done something that warrant it being taken down. Speaking of Cass, right? Just quickly. <laughs> okay. Um... I said in passing to my wife, oh, it was good when we were out in Club Med because there weren't any sort of serious conversations, were there? Like where anyone starts talking about, you know, boring stuff like politics or anything or work. We were just all having a laugh and dicking about the whole time. She went, yeah. And I went, why'd you hesitate, (laughs) darling? She went, well, you went to bed at like eight o'clock most nights before people got really stuck into the booze. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I said, well, what happened? She went, well, there was one night when your brother Cass talked me through at great length the four different ways in which you can get off a murder charge. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knows it from his legal course that he's doing. Now, listen, listen, right? But I know what you're thinking. <laughs> what are the four different ways in which you can get off a murder charge? Well, it's very simple, I'll tell you. Number one, insanity. <laughs> Number two, sausages. Number three, burn, burn your fingerprints off. <laughs> <laughs> With acid. <laughs>
<laughs> and number four, you wear a mask, pretending that you're some other cunt in court, and then they let you off. And then only once you're off down the road in a taxi to airport, you take the mask yeah. off, like in Scooby-Doo. I got that one from John Timbrell. <laughs> he can't fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we might need to find out more about this. Look, Sam, we've yeah. run out of time. I've got to quickly, before we end, another update on Yanni. Mm. Memories by and costs from Adam Maisy. And this is the one that we did in an episode and then took it out because we were going to do it at the live show. And then we didn't do it at the live show. We did the different one instead. But that's not important. Ah, okay. Right. So here not we go. Important. You've heard this before, but it's not been on the podcast before. Three stories from Yanni. Another three. We had three in yesterday's episode as well. Chapter one. As Yanni drove my wife and her family down a typical shit road in Koss in his open-top Jeep, they discussed amongst themselves how bad the roads are. Yanni says, Ha! Fuck the roads! Then takes, an, <laughs> then takes an immediate sharp right straight into a random part of the forest. All this time, they had no seatbelts, almost been thrown out of the car, my wife clinging onto Yanni's dog, and Yanni laughing like a madman. That's chapter one. Chapter two. Walking along to memories one evening, they spot a four-foot snake slither right across them. My father-in-law, terrified of snakes, immediately sprints towards the bar, telling Yanni of the tale. He laughs and says, Why didn't you shoot it? <laughs> Probably because he didn't have a gun. As they se- don't carry a gun, Yanni. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not you. As they settle down for dinner, Yanni appears behind them and slams the four foot snake with a bullet hole through its head under the dinner table before laughing hysterically. <laughs> Again, my, my father makes his excuses and leaves. Uh, chapter three. In the middle of memories was a huge cage which had turtles in it. One day, my wife walks in and notices the turtles were gone and have been replaced by. Two squirrels. <laughs> when my wife inquires about them, Yanni simply chuckles and replies, Ha ha, I catch them. <laughs> Yanni then starts flogging small tubs of nuts to dozy English tourists to feed the caged critters. <laughs> and what happened to the turtles? We don't know. We don't know. We don't Adam, know. if you're listening and you do know what happened to the turtles, let us know. They probably ended up on that night's fucking pizza. Yeah. And Adam uh, sent another email in since then, which came today, so we'll read that one out on Friday's episode, I reckon. That's it, mate. Quality stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Time well, an enjoyable episode. Yeah, I'm sure you'll thought, all yeah. agree, Time listeners. Time for us to fuck and off now. Will you be pay- playing us out with Shelley, or have you already I've, put I've, that earlier I've in the show? I've played it earlier in the show. We're going to play it as okay. usual with uh, Crown Court. Ta-da! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.